Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. Well, episode 27 of the Rising Champions podcast, Kyle Bogie, Dr. Jason Novetsky of the Champion Mindset Group. Doc, I'm stunned that you've been able to deal with me for 26 episodes here. And my ridiculous questions as I continue to poke and prod the bear to get great answers out of these young rising athletes. The first question of every interview is my favorite part of the whole thing. It's just to see what's going to come out of your mouth that night. I, I think I'm equal parts predictable and equal parts unpredictable. I, well, I, the predictable I, part is you always want to stir up a little controversy. Of course. <laughs> you have to, right? That radio background. Nah, that's, that's just a part of the deal. You know, you're looking for those headlines, right? Right, right. That's Remember exactly the kids. What it is. <laughs> talk to any, uh, any PR person out there and they'll tell you these, they don't want to, they don't want these athletes talking about anything other than just, you know, we're working hard, uh, we're doing what's necessary, all the cliches that they're throwing. We're going to get back to practice, get back to work, lots to do. You can throw out all the cliches, you know. Take it one day at a time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, we have a, a great guest on. Will Cooksey joining us, uh, and he's going to go on to do, I think, some great things. He's already planning his next step to go play tennis uh, at the University of Michigan and, of course, uh, has some goals even beyond that. So look forward to, you know, that conversation. But in, in talking with him, Doc, his tennis career is over. Uh, you know, he, he's really looking ahead, and, you know, he mentioned to us that he's going to graduate early. But uh, there was some news that came down earlier this week here in the state of Michigan that affected, you know, obviously all, you know, high school athletes uh, here in Michigan and, you know, high school students in general. And I, I just, I think back to myself um, as a, a senior in high school, you know, we had, I don't know, 12 guys, 13 seniors on the soccer team. Uh, and we had big goals in mind for that season. Being a senior captain on the basketball team when I played, we had some big, you know, goals after a terrible junior year. I, I couldn't imagine the, the frustration and regret almost that I would feel if I didn't get to have the, that final year in those final moments uh, with my friends. And unfortunately, a lot of that's being ripped away right now with this, this next, I, we'll call it just a brief lockdown or pause, whatever you want to call it here in the state of Michigan, you know, high school football playoffs, ready to go. Nope. Going to be on pause. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't know that there's a scenario where three weeks from now, they're out there playing and they're able to finish their season. I, I, I worry for those kids. So I, I guess in working with some of the, you know, the, the student athletes that you've worked with, especially over the last year, how do you go about mentally handling that moving on, almost dealing with the adversity and just rolling with the punches because you just never know where COVID is going to affect, uh, you know, your life and what's coming next. Yeah, Kyle, it's, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It sucks. It's, it's hard and there's no magic words that I could tell any young person that's going to make them feel that much better. I think the only thing we can all do is keep it in perspective that as much as you and I love sports and love competition and love talking about it and these kids love playing it, it is still sports and we got to keep things in perspective that we got to save lives. We got to keep people healthy. Um, I know kids are frustrated because they feel like they're okay. They're doing everything they can, but 
there's so much we don't know about this thing. Um, you could take it home. Your grandma comes over and she's old and compromised and she gets sick. And do you really want to be responsible and have that hanging over your head? I think that would be worse than, than missing the last part of your season is knowing that maybe you had some small contribution to somebody getting ill or at worst dying, especially in your family. So I try to help people keep it in perspective. Um, it, it is cliche, but stay focused on the things that you can control. Um, we can't control this thing right now, but we can control how we respond to it. And I think, you know, as much as some of us agree or disagree with the government, it is what it is. And um, ultimately, I think it is the somewhat the smartest thing to do at this point. Um, so we got to keep, keep it in perspective, um, have a routine, keep training, keep mentally training. Uh, Will talks about that too, you know, during the shutdowns, that's what he focused on was just staying focused and, and working on what he could do to get better each and every day and, and be ready, be prepared for when we, we do come back to start playing, especially these football players have to stay healthy. Yeah. I, I, you know, and obviously hopefully they get to finish their season and, you know, they can, you know, go to the playoffs and, you know, they can potentially hoist the state championship. I know that's the goal for a lot of, a lot of student athletes, but, you know, I, I also think, and this is probably just, you know, because of my background, the amount of late bloomers that are out there in high school athletics that they needed their final senior year, they needed that final playoff run, that final 10 game stretch where a, a college athlete or a college scout, excuse me, was in attendance and, you know, they took a peek at them and well, maybe they weren't necessarily worthy of a scholarship offer before, but boy, they've grown a few inches and they've gotten stronger and faster and they're making plays. And that ultimately leads to a scholarship. And, maybe not having that opportunity, you know, for, for some of these kids here, depending on what happens over the next, uh, you know, month and, and several months, you know, I, I go back to, um, gosh, I think it was 2012 at, at this point. And I, you know, I covered high school athletics, mostly recruiting and all that. And I was going to cover a Michigan football commitment down in the state of Ohio, Taco Charlton, actually, mm -hmm. he played on the basketball team and, um, I was down there to see him, see if his commitment to Michigan was going to be, you know, uh, you know, airtight. And I ended up watching his teammate, Karis LeVert, go for 38 points, 13 rebounds, you know, 10 assists. And I remember uh, texting my boss and actually a few of the um, uh, Michigan basketball staff, uh, you know, going, you guys heard of this kid? Where, where is he going to school? And I looked him up and he was going to the University of Ohio. He was going to go play for John Groach. John Groach, Jim Groach, I think it's John Groach. Uh, he was the head coach there at the time. And I think a few weeks later, Groach ended up leaving. He went to Illinois, took that job, didn't want to take Karis LeVert with him. Karis had a monster senior year in the state of Ohio, had grown a couple of inches, and the Michigan coaching staff got in on him. They offered him a late scholarship, and bam, he ends up joining that, you know, star-studded class at Michigan. They go on and do incredible things. And now, obviously, he's in the NBA and, you know, has been healthy. But I think about kids like that who, you know, Karis was told he was too skinny. He hadn't done enough. You know, he needed to produce a little bit more. And then maybe he'd be worthy of a Big Ten scholarship offer or something bigger. And, you know, how many kids out there might not get, you know, that last-minute opportunity potentially to, to play at a greater level? Yeah, I, I don't know what you mean to say that. I mean, it sounds like he, he sounds like he owes you your, his career. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it, it does. It, it's really difficult for these kids to focus on that. Um, all I can say is I think the coaches are in the same boat, though, because they're still looking for kids. Yeah. And so I think in a way it'll sort of even itself out that 
you know, these kids will get a second chance, whether it's in their summer leagues or, or, you know, other tournaments that they can play in to be able to show their stuff, so to speak. So I would suggest that they, they keep working hard because you don't want to regret never doing that. So keep working hard. And I think you will be found if it's meant to be. Well, and you know, the, the, I guess the other side of it is sometimes too much tape out there can uh, deter a coach from, from giving you a scholarship or something too. Right. So maybe, maybe it's a blessing in disguise that you're not out there, uh, you know, because coaches are always second guessing themselves wondering, well, I don't know. I don't know if he's at this level. I don't know if she's that good, you know, whatever it may be. And they could potentially not, you know, follow through on it. So uh, if you had a strong junior year, maybe they, you know, they were secure with it. Then you don't have a very good senior year and they, you know, they don't necessarily want to bring you in uh, at that point. But um, there's just so many other moving factors. And I know sports, obviously not nearly as important uh, in the grand scheme of things, but you know, you certainly wouldn't want to see anyone miss out potentially on an opportunity to go play uh, at the next level. And, you know, I, I would say too, you know, doc, you're giving out, you know, some advice about some, you know, controlling what you can control and, you know, making sure that you're still working hard and staying focused and all that handling adversity, whether you're 14, 16, 18, 20, 31, you know, for me, uh, you know, this past year and everything that's gone on, the more you handle it, the more prepared you're going to be. I, I think the more structured you'll be in the decisions that you ultimately have to make and, you know, life can punch in the teeth sometimes and yep. how you go about handling and maneuvering your way through some of those tough, uh, you know, difficulties, it really does set you up for when that difficulty comes back later in life, whatever it may be. I, I agree. And, you know, this, this reminds me, and I hope there's some parents listening to this, that it's important to allow your young children to deal with disappointment. Um, this, this topic comes up a lot. Um, I was talking about this with Steve Gargiola on the news uh, earlier this year and last year about, you know, what are we doing with uh, this current generation? And a question was proposed to me on the news about when is it okay to let a kid quit? And I was appalled by the question. Like, never. It's never okay. Um, if they committed to something, you see it through. I don't care how difficult it is. This isn't, this participation trophy generation just really made me angry. Um, and these kids that get protected from feeling bad or losing uh, or not getting a trophy, um, it, it doesn't work. That's a failed strategy. Uh, we need to let kids deal with adversity, certainly be there for them and support them and, and help them, but stop swooping in and trying to change everything so they never have to feel bad. Uh, and I think the same thing goes for, for, you know, parents dealing with teachers. Let the kid get a bad grade if they didn't study. If they didn't pass the test, they didn't pass the test. It's nine times out of the 10, it's not the teacher's fault. Um, and so take, let these kids start to take ownership of their own mistakes, take responsibility, uh, and feel the disappointment. And trust me, you feel that a couple times, you, you'll, you'll work harder. And I think, you know, what's going on right now, I think the kids that struggle the most, you know, mental health issues aside, certainly kids have mental health issues or are predisposed to that. And I'm not saying that's, that's not true, but typical developing kids that are struggling the most right now with all this adversity, I will guess, and I think it's a good guess that they've struggled to deal with that because they weren't faced with it early on. So anybody that has young children out there, please let them experience some disappointment and some failure. It's okay. They're going to be fine, but it's going to make them stronger down the road. hundred percent, you know, getting cut from a team, 
can sometimes exactly. be one of the best things that ultimately happens to you. Everyone knows the Michael Jordan story. And, you know, he was, he didn't make the varsity team and all that, you know, I just, that stuff teaches you so much more than just having everything given to you immediately. And you just have all the success and never experience anything. Yeah. So, and you know, amazing. now that we're thinking about that, I have a great story. I was coaching high school baseball and, and certainly I didn't know everything, uh, but I played division one baseball. I know talent when I see it. And, I, and there's certain things that I look for in terms of attitudes and the way you carry yourself. Well, I had this kid once that tried out for a freshman baseball team at a good high school and he got cut. And he met me in the parking lot with his mom afterward and, you know, got confronted about it. And I just stood up for myself and said, look, I, I didn't see what I needed to see. I hope he comes back and proves me wrong. And you know what? That was the end of that conversation. And he came back that next year and he made the JV team and he played great and he did a great job. And I went up to him one time during practice and I said, hey, I appreciate it. Good for you. You proved me wrong. But in my heart, I know him being cut changed his work ethic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he needed at that time. A hundred percent. And I'm sure to this day, he still dislikes you. I'm just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever works to make you successful and motivate you. It doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, somebody who certainly is, uh, you know, motivated and, and ready to get off to, to the next level. Uh, Will Cooksey, a phenomenal tennis player. Uh, and talent that's going to go on to play at the University of Michigan. He's with us here tonight on the Rising Champions podcast. And, um, you know, Doc, uh, I marvel at, you know, people that can play an individual sport and have sole responsibility for what they're doing, the mistakes that they're making, the success that they're having, tennis, golf, you know, certainly being one of those. And, you know, Will seems like, a, you know, a young man that embraces it, uh, even though, you know, he certainly leans on some of his teammates and, you know, works hard with others around him, but that's not an easy job. No, he's got it all going on. He's a, he's a physical specimen. Uh, he's becoming more mentally tough every day, and uh, he's got the strong work ethic to back it all up as well. So we look forward to hearing from him. Awesome. Well, great conversation uh, here on the Rising Champions podcast. Without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Will Cooksey. So, Will, um, you know, obviously a lot of expectations come when, you know, you're, you're such a young person and you're having the amount of success that you are in your respective sport, uh, you know, in tennis. I guess, how has it been navigating those expectations and continuing to get better and better and almost trying to, to temper the expectations while also trying to work as hard as you can to, to meet those over the years? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, it's just about trying to improve every day. And at the same time, while I'm at such, you know, a high level, it's also about having fun with it. So I don't necessarily look like I'm always, I mean, yes, I'm trying to meet certain goals and expectations, but at the same time, it's just a sport and you just got to learn to love it. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to improve and better myself each and every day and not let all the outside noise try to get in my head. So, Will, thanks for coming on. We're really excited to have you on the, the podcast tonight. And uh, I know a lot of our listeners are going to enjoy hearing uh, the backstory and the kind of things that you're working on, both physically and mentally, and, and what the future holds for you. But I want to jump in and, and talk a little bit about some of the work we've done together and, and how that's helped you uh, overcome some adversity and, and learn how to be more present, staying in the moment, um, recovering from situations here and there 
so if you can maybe just speak a little bit to the mental side of what you started to work on with me and what you want to work on in the future as well. For sure. Yeah. I think, um, I've seen you probably, I don't know, four or five times and mm -hmm. each meeting has been great. We've been, you know, we've gone over certain topics and certain, uh, goals and everything. So it's just kind of about applying it on paper and then applying it in real life. And, um, yeah, it's really helping me just calming me down, keeping the nerves in check. And at the same time, realizing that, um, it's all part of the process. So I've enjoyed the time together and uh, I'm just a lot more present lately. So it's doing good. Okay. It's, it's easy to, to talk about it and, and practice and work on it. You know, I got to believe and, and want to improve staying focused, being in the moment, like you said, uh, you know, and, and making sure that, you know, you're, you're moving on from things and handling pressure situations in the proper way. But it's also another beast when you're actually in competition and things are on the line and there is that, that pressure that comes with it. So I guess, has there been some moments that stand out to you where you can actively feel yourself calming yourself down, staying locked in or, or almost talking to yourself and some of the practices that doc has worked with you? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's one thing to do it practicing and doing it alone, but when you're on the big stage and when you're in front of people and, um, yeah, things can get a little overwhelming sometimes. And I think it's just all about going back to the fundamentals, reviewing what you worked on and realizing that, hey, even though maybe the surroundings have changed, ultimately it's still the same uh, task at hand. So I think a couple of big tournaments, I've just really tried to focus on my breathing, my inner thoughts, and just kind of let everything else go. And it's been, uh, it's been definitely an improvement. Yeah, that's a big topic, Kyle. And, you know, that comes up a lot when athletes will ask, you know, how do I stay focused on just playing my sport versus focusing on how big the moment is? Um, and that comes up quite a bit. You know, I'll ask a lot of people about their mental traps and certainly Will and I went over that. And most athletes will talk about, you know, they focus on how big the match is or how big the tournament is. And we get back to the same old question, hey, it's just tennis or it's just hockey or it's just baseball what do you need to do in that present moment to be successful? And that's something that I think Will's done a, a really good job with. Uh, Will, I want to follow up on, you know, you've had lots of great success, lots of media. Uh, you're going to Michigan. Congratulations. Uh, you're well known in this community as an up and coming rising athlete. Um, I think it's really important for our younger listeners, especially to hear what you do day in and day out to achieve that success because you just don't roll out of bed and become that good. You put in a lot of work. And I think a lot of younger athletes need to know uh, how tough and difficult it is to reach the level that you've reached. For sure, man. I mean, it's just all part of, uh, part of the process. You know, when I was younger, um, you know, I didn't always want to be a tennis player or be a football player. It was just kind of playing every sport and having fun with it. And then as I got older, I started narrowing things down. I started, um, you know, practicing maybe one or two sports and kind of individualized it to what I liked. And then from there, I really focused in on tennis from about age, you know, 13, really focused in on it, put all my effort into it, um, you know, started doing off-court training, weights, fitness, and then really tried to up the on-court training as well, whether it was – 
private lessons, group, match play, um, and really just trying to get a schedule down so that um, when I do get out on the court, I feel fully prepared. You know, golf and uh, tennis are, you know, to me, similar in the sense that, you know, it, it can be all you, except for, you know, maybe a Ryder Cup or, you know, the, the what, the Champions, uh, you know, tournament or whatever it might be. And then tennis, obviously, you can have doubles and you can have some team events. But really, it's an individual sport where you're responsible for every point or you're winning, losing, whatever it may be. Have you liked that more so than the team setting, I guess? And, and how much pressure does that – or added pressure does that put on you when – I mean, it's – you make a mistake – you, you look at nobody else but yourself, you know, you got to pick yourself up. Yes, sir. I think that's actually been a huge topic lately. Um, you know, cause when I was younger, it was all individual training tournaments, especially traveling with a parent or two. But um, I played high school tennis all four years and that even though it's still individual, it's actually really a, a team effort because you're cheering on other courts. You're worried about what, you know, some of your friends are doing over here, cheering them on this and that. So I think in that aspect, it's a really good balance between trying to do your best for your team individually, as well as, you know, uh, an all around teammate. And so I really enjoy the team environment. I really enjoyed my high school experience. And now college coming up um, is another example of, both the individual and the team. So I don't, I think part of it is just the mindset you take into thinking about you're on the court alone or you got 13 guys around you supporting you. So I'm really looking forward to this uh, high level team environment. And I definitely think that it's a good change to my career because it's all been individual for the most part. So, right. So Will, you know, this week we've been kind of rehit with COVID restrictions, if you will. Uh, yep. You know, it comes up a lot in my office where, you know, people are getting frustrated with that. Um, they're losing patience with um, their, fo- their future and their focus and um, because there's so many things outside of their control. Um, you and I don't think talked a lot about that yet. And I'm just curious, like, you know, back in March when there was a lot of uncertainty and, and now again, as you mentioned before we came, came on the air tonight, that you're not sure what's going to happen next week and things like that with your tournaments. How have you been able to, to handle that with your emotions and your focus? Yeah, it's, it's been definitely different. You know, I, um, I almost, you know, I didn't play a tournament for almost nine, ten months. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I finally got back out there. Um, I was battling some injuries and then COVID too. So it was kind of, it was a really weird time for me. I wasn't feeling the most confident obviously because I haven't played, but you know, once I got back out there, I realized that, you know, it's, it's still the same environment, same thing. And um, I'm just trying to view it, trying to control what I can control. And, you know, at the end of the day, we got it. We got to be safe. So I'm just trying to do what I can, um, you know, get back to home workouts, um, you know, try to contact some safe indoor play if I can. And, um, you know, really take this time to just calm down, you know, focus on other things, mental, physical. So it's not, it's not horrible. Good. It's a good attitude to have. 
you know, you can uh, you can say this about a lot of sports that it it, it really is a, a game of inches, and you know the the line between success and failure can can sometimes be literally millimeters, you know, centimeters, especially in tennis. I mean, you watch on TV and you see, you know, the digital ball mark on the line and how close it can be, you know, from actually being in play and then being out of play. So, I guess you know, for you, you hit a good shot. And you know that it was just outside of the line. You just missed it. But you don't get the point. You know, how do you, I suppose, know, okay, I got to keep trusting it. I'm, hit, I'm hitting good shots. I, I got to stick with it. it. I'm going to get the bounces at some point, you know, versus getting down on yourself and going, man, I'm, I just, I'm not feeling it. I don't have it. I get, do you, is there a balance there with you where we're moving on from one specific point, you know, I guess is something that you've worked on? Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I, uh, I definitely struggled with this and, you know, sometimes I still can, um, let past things, you know, affect certain points. But at the end of the day, I think it's just about, you know, the will to win and you got to realize that, Hey, getting mad and focusing on the past, is just, it's not going to help you. So I think it's all about confidence, trusting your shots and, uh, you know, just letting everything fall in place and it'll, it'll work out. So will, you know, Kyle touched on the idea of balls just missing the line and or being in or out. And I've worked with a lot of young tennis players. And so I kind of get the culture of youth tennis. And one of the big issues that keeps coming up is kids that cheat and kids that make bad calls or getting hooked as you guys say in, in tennis, right? Can you talk about that a little bit and, and what's your philosophy on that and, and how big of a problem is that in youth tennis and what are some of your ideas to help fix that? Uh, I mean, it's part of the game, unfortunately, at our level. Um, you know, the pros, even though, I mean, they have the technology, right? But even they still get into arguments with the referees and so it's just, it's part of the game and I think the person who deals with it um the best is gonna ultimately learn a lot of lessons for Emma and be good moving forward as far as eliminating it I mean um it's just kind of about character really you you can do what you can do you can't control what your opponent does right so yeah I think it's just about doing what you know is right and yeah I, I know it's frustrating and I've talked a lot about you know how to respond to situations like that. I'm sure you have some situations you've been in where you just got totally hooked. Um, without mentioning names, I mean, how did you respond to, to guys like that that have just totally tried to steal points from you? Yeah, I've done a couple of different things. I think I'm starting to lean towards just laughing about it, really. Right. <laughs> you know, I think it's just you got to laugh it off because, you know, if you blow up, then it's almost like it's just – your opponent sees that and he knows that it worked, you know? So just laugh it off and be like, um, Hey man, I mean, come on, that's just, you can't have this, but right. at the end of the day, you know, it, once you get to a higher level, um, it's still there, you know? So learning to do it when you're young is only going to help you when you're older too. So, yeah, I think that's a good lesson because I have a lot of younger aspiring tennis players that just get so frustrated and, and that's all they tend to focus on is the thing they can't control. And I think you're right. Smiling at that opponent and just letting them know like, all right, I see you. And if you're going to keep doing that, then all right, I see the kind of player you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. It's just, you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. So mm-hmm. frustrating, but you gotta move on. <laughs> from, from a mentality standpoint, um, you know, it, forgive me. I, I don't know nearly as much about tennis as, as you do. And doc, I'm sure you do as well, because you've been working with uh, so many different tennis players, uh, you know, especially in the area, but is there a different mentality um, being more of an aggressive player, somebody who wants to play on the net, get, get up there, you know, put some pressure potentially on the opponent and then being somebody who, I mean, I wish I could throw out a player, you know, that, that I could say is more of a, a passive defensive, maybe is the better word type of tennis player. I guess, what would you categorize yourself as? And is there a difference in mentality, I guess, in, in different situations being more on the net and, and more defensive? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about how you prefer to play. Personally, I'm a taller guy. I'm a heavier guy. So I think my game has always been aggressive, strike first, tennis. Um, but some of the shorter, quicker guys want to stand far behind the baseline and just hit 100 shots and <laughs> make the tall guy throw up. So I, <laughs> I just think it's, it's all a matter of strategy, really. And, um, you know, there's some ex- exceptions to who's aggressive and who's passive. But for the most part, I think it's just really about um, how you prefer to play and what works best for your game. So, Will, you've got a big future ahead of you. Tell us a little bit about kind of what's next for you. You've got high school's over. Yep. At this point for you, high school tennis, uh, you're going to Michigan. What are your, your plans as you move forward? Yeah, so interestingly enough, I'm, I'm graduating early from my high school. Um, so I'm going to have a couple months where I'm just going to solely focus on tennis and training. And um, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to go yet. I might go down to an academy. I might travel and play tournaments. I might um, play, go to summer school for Michigan and train there and do whatever. So I think as far as that goes, um, I'm really looking forward to that. And then obviously very structured schedule in college. So yeah, it's big tennis plans ahead for me. Okay. Well, congrats on, on finishing early. That sounds exciting. And just focusing on getting better and stronger, uh, as you move forward, are you thinking pro down the road or are you just taking it one step at a time at this point? Yeah. I mean, We'll see, you know, I think it's just how good I get in college. Obviously, I want to pursue that, see what I can do after college. It's like, why not? Why wouldn't you? Sure. But at the same time, I think that um, I'm interested in, um, you know, also getting in the business world and whatnot. But, hey, man, yeah, give it a shot. A couple years after college, why not? Absolutely. Great attitude to have. Look forward to watching you finish. Absolutely. And if you didn't pursue it and didn't give it, you know, everything that you have, you'd probably regret it, you know, the rest of your life. You don't want to do that. So that's, I I love that. For sure. Fantastic. All right. Well, Will, uh, we appreciate you, uh, you know, joining us here on the, uh, the rising champions podcast. We'll certainly be monitoring everything and, you know, hopefully uh, the world can kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy here. Those, those vaccines can't come out uh, fast enough. And then uh, maybe by spring we'll, uh, we'll be living and traveling and, and watching sports with fans there again. But uh, again, appreciate you uh, joining us and uh, we'll, we'll talk with you soon. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.